It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. This is a pre recorded program presented by KSL News Radio and Intermountain Healthcare. Healthy Mind Matters, brought to you by Intermountain Healthcare. We discuss the important community issues of stronger mental health, emotional wellness, and the growing problem of addiction. Here's our host, Maria Chaleos, on KSL News Radio 102.7 FM and 1160 AM. And thank you for being with us for Healthy Mind Matters. Today we are talking about gun safety for suicide prevention. With me, Christy Jones. She's a senior consultant for mental well-being for Intermountain Healthcare and Carly Kump, the community health specialist for Intermountain Healthcare. Carly, I want to focus for a minute on gun locks and how gun locks work and the effectiveness of them. Start out first of all and just give us an idea of how much of a difference a gun lock can make. So uh, the important thing about gun locks is to create time and distance between somebody who is reaching for a fatal method and um, making sure that they have some sort of distance between that and themselves. So a trigger lock on a firearm can be that, um, that pause and to help somebody um, consider reaching out for help. And so... Uh, I'm, trigger locks are super effective. They aren't the most effective way to keep your firearm safe, but when used in combination with something else, um, like a safe or a lockbox, uh, it's it's definitely better than nothing. Right. Discuss what you found. You put together a pamphlet on gun locks and gun lock safety, and discuss what you found when you were just handing out gun locks and how effective that was compared to when you started putting together a, together a pamphlet to really educate people. Yeah, so I've been able to attend a lot of community events where we've been able to hand out gun locks to um, participants for free. And on the side of the gun locks, we would have just a little bit of education, a small pamphlet. And I found that people weren't interested in taking the education. They wanted the free lock, and that's perfectly fine. But I wanted people to be able to um, educate themselves on how to access resources and recognize the warning signs for suicide. So I, um, in in collaboration with some of my team members, created a envelope that the gun lock could then sit inside. And that has all the resources throughout. And um, it's in what I'd like to say pretty packaging, which catches people's eyes. And they are more likely to take the education and um, have the gun lock already inside there. And so with the pandemic, being able to um, package these gun locks and then pass them out to partners to then distribute to people, um, I can ensure that everyone is receiving the education that they need to go along with the trigger lock. All right, Christy, let's make sure that people know what the signs are. If they believe that someone in their in their family or a friend is thinking about dying by suicide, tell us about some of the signs that they can watch for. I think this is such a good point. When they are looking at someone, one of the biggest things to notice is an overall change in that person's demeanor. Is that person 
um, less productive at work? Are they going from A grades in school to C or D grades in school? Um, and is their demeanor and how they interact with you different? But apart from looking just at that, that overall demeanor of the person, we're looking at things like um, an increased apathy around things, changes in eating patterns, um, listening to things they say like, you'd be better off without me, you know, and so it's hearing things that they say. And then you're looking at the things that they do. Are they doing things that are um, outside of the norm and causing um, some distress like um, sleeping too much, eating too much, or the opposite, not sleeping, not eating, and um, really showing kind of a, a depressed affect. Um, and then we look at, you know, because we really look at what are you hearing, how are they acting, and then what is the situation. And so the situation are some of those things like the changes in grades, or maybe they um, lost a job, and especially with COVID-19 right now, we're seeing a lot of financial implications and job loss and the stress from that. And so it's kind of taking those warning signs and looking um, at them as a whole. And what we really want people to know, and I know I've said this before to you, Maria, is that it is okay to approach someone and ask them the question and say, I have noticed that you're behaving differently than your norm, and I'm really worried about you. Are you considering suicide? If they don't want to ask that serious of a question, they can say, I'm, I'm really concerned about you. I'm noticing these changes. Let's talk about it. And do you feel like you could benefit from an appointment with a mental health provider who could help you work through some of these stressors or difficulties that you're going through? But really, we want to empower parents, friends, and loved ones to watch out for um, the other people in their lives and feel like they do have the capacity and it is okay for them to ask the question and talk to somebody. It's a hard discussion to have, but it could be a life-saving discussion. But occasionally, those signs won't be there. A teenager, for example, maybe you're seeing all those signs, but you're thinking, oh, they're just moody. When you're talking about empowering parents, and Carly, you can jump in here too, what does that look like when they're not maybe seeing the signs or they think the signs are just, you know, common things that teenagers go through? So for me, I live with a 12-year-old, almost 13, and I have open dialogue with this teen, preteen young man. And we talk openly about mental health, um, coping strategies. And that is something I would recommend that every parent does is don't sweep the mental health concerns under the rug or don't always think, oh, it's just the teenage angst. If you can establish that dinnertime conversation routine where we have dinner together, you know, most nights of the week if possible, or that one-on-one -on -one time with with each child where you're able to have these open conversations that build trust. When that, that child or family member is in crisis, they're more likely to reach out to you or to share that with you um, in your conversations. And it's so rewarding as a parent to 
have your child say, you know what, I'm really struggling. Can you help me? Carly, was there something you wanted to add? Yeah, uh, for me, it's creating an atmosphere that makes it comfortable for your teen or your young adult to come talk to you um, and making sure that you have your own resources available. Um, there's an app called the Safe UT app that uh, teens can download, parents can download, and it provides opportunities for teens to share through the app. Um, and that is one way too, if your teen is uncomfortable, making sure that they know their resources as well. We need to take a break today on Healthy Mind Matters. We're talking about gun safety for suicide prevention, and you're listening to Healthy Mind Matters on KSL News Radio. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.